Hey folks, have you ever kind of wondered or fantasized what it would be like to have a property in Florida, another property in Italy, another property in the Caribbean, another property in the mountains that you could go to anytime you want and just have a lovely time and then rent it out the rest of the year and turn it into a cash flowing asset? Well, I don't know if she's done it in all of those places, but our guest today is Jenny Gagatia, and she has done a lot when it comes to short-term furnished rentals. She's created an amazing lifestyle for herself by doing this. So Jenny, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Yeah, thank you, Dave. And it was my, it all, it's always been my pleasure to watch your podcast and to be here for real. So that sounds like me, the one that you have described before, and I'm pretty excited to discuss with you whatever the questions might be, right? But I'm just so excited for everything that I do, um, like, you know, for the past couple of years. Well, that's wonderful, Jenny. So I believe you're originally from the Philippines. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. And when did you, when did you come to Canada? How long ago was that? Oh, wow. Um that was 2008, uh, 2007. Uh-huh. So I came here under the Federal Skilled Immigration Program. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was um, a pharmacist back in the Philippines. I worked for an American company. And then at the time, um, I've been there for almost like 10 years. And my colleagues have decided to go to Canada. Mm-hmm. And I was one of them. Nice. Very nice. All right. 2007, big change, completely different country, completely different situation. When did real estate come to mind for you? When did you decide to get started in real estate investing? Actually, my real estate um decision was just to buy my principal residence because the reason being is I came to this country to find a greener pasture. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to own a home here in Canada. So the first thing that we really save up is to buy a principal residence. So after two years of working here in Canada, uh, we bought our principal residence. And then when I got into real estate investing, it took me a long time, probably. It's not something intentional. It's by accident. Because by the time, way back in 2015, I was just refinancing my principal residence and I'm trying to buy a bigger place. Mm. And so my realtor at the time told me that, why do you need a bigger place? Like it's a lot of cleaning and your kids will just leave you when you get old. So why not settle for your existing house and buy your uh, second property as an income property? And that's your retirement money. So I said, I kind of- Smart realtor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think like, you know, I did follow his advice. So I bought um an income property. We've been, uh, I live in Mississauga. So we searched around Mississauga, Brampton and Oakville. And finally, I decided to buy my income property, which is my first income property of a single family home, which is just three blocks away from my from my principal residence. Well, that's, and that's, after pretty, that's state, pretty easy to manage then, isn't it? Exactly. And up to this day, I still own that uh, property. Very nice. All right. Well, give us, I I teased everybody at the beginning, Jenny, with this whole having different 
furnished properties all over the place. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you're up to almost 100 rental units at this point in your real estate investing career. What does your portfolio look like today in 2023? And what what kind of properties and where are they located? Yeah, so actually I stopped counting, but it's basically actually that number of units because and, and plus there's still other uh, properties that I haven't closed. It will be closed because I did bought uh, a new construction with the um with the intention of doing a short-term, mid-term rental in Calgary. So mm -hmm. I started my portfolio with a single family home. Yeah. So um, that was not really my intention to grow. I'm just contented to be um, in my corporate career because I'm mm -hmm. just happy with my work. But the thing is, like, you know, when things come that unexpectedly that you have to move on and you have to survive, is that's where I seek for education because I got screwed up by a tenant on my first rental property. Mm. So I was so happy because right after the closing, I have a tenant in place already. However, it's not always a happy ending. After one year, he stopped paying. Yeah. So, and at the time, I don't have that much money. I only have my money to pay for my principal residence mortgage. Yep. So I, I got panicked and I seek for help. I look at anywhere, uh, talk to my friends. Unfortunately, they're not real estate investor. And I seek out my best friend, which is Google. And I find a real estate organization based in Oakville that helped me out and assigned me a paralegal and made me through the way that we were able to evict the tenants. So I seek their education and then I bought properties in Niagara. Uh -huh. And then after that, it's a um, small units and student rentals. And then I realized that uh, that's not the way to scale up. So I dive into my first multifamily in Windsor, which is a 15 door units. Mm-hmm. And then I wholesale it and sold it and bought the, the earnings from that and go, went to Northern Ontario. Mm -hmm. And the rest is history. But I realized, you know, my passion is really like customer service oriented. Um, so, so, really? so, so back to my question, where are your short-term rentals today in, in 2023? Where, where all do you have different short-term rental properties in your portfolio? So it started in uh, Niagara region. Mm -hmm. And then right. when lots to, of demand there, um, that's for sure. Oh yeah, it's a it's a duplex, so it's two mm -hmm. units converted from short term to mid term, and can be a potential long term. That's a good thing of a furnished renter. The flexibility of having it rented is so huge. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why I like it. And then I moved to British Columbia, which is in uh, Fairmont. Uh, uh Fairmont Fair, Hot Springs, very nice. Yeah. Fairmont Hot Springs. I have a two rentals there overlooking the mountains nice. and lake on the side and golf course at the middle. So, so kind of if a, you want almost a four season type thing there, right? Oh yes. Yeah, very nice. And then I dive into Calgary. Um, I have two rentals there, which is a midterm rental, and I have three um potential midterm rentals that's gonna be closing next year. Mm -hmm. And then when I was like um, looking for another short-term rental outside of Canada, I went to Italy. Uh -huh. I'm still working on that deal. So I cannot disclose right now until we close that deal potentially, if that my, happens. My wife's got her eye on, on doing a short-term rental in Italy as well. So we it's, might have it's to- It's so beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous for sure. All right. Well, 
congratulations. That's fantastic, Jenny. So maybe for folks that are not super familiar with it, maybe give us uh, an explanation about the difference between short-term and mid-term rentals, why you would do one or the other, what maybe compare and contrast short-term versus mid-term furnished rentals. So I'd like to dive into that. And the reason why I changed my um, strategy, because I really like, you know, and Chive having a lifestyle, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you buy those properties on those places that you wanted to live for a short term. So the difference between a short term, it's a 28 days or below. And then a midterm rental is 29, 29 days to six months. And then the long term is between six months to one year. Mm -hmm. So that's the flexibility of that one. So when you have a furnished rental, it can be catered to like a short term trip. And then a midterm, it could be like travel nurse or expatriates that are doing jobs specifically on that area, mm -hmm. but also can be a long term if their contract is usually around six months to two years. Mm, okay, very good. Okay, very good. So for your situation, Jenny, how do you determine when you have a short term rental or when you turn it into a when you focus on turning it into a midterm or a longer term rental? Or do you just kind of have them all short-term rentals and then sometimes it goes longer how uh, do you have specific properties for specific strategies or is it dependent on what your tenant or customer wants yeah that's a good question because the determination whether you wanted to go to slow to low season to peak season is depending on the months because we know that during the off season month are the winter time hmm. like let's say um January to uh March, first week of March. But after that, it slowly, slowly uh begin to rise and become uh a peak season. That's where you implement the short-term rental. But during the low season, you implement the midterm. Okay. But nice. also when you got like sometimes you get those travel nurses or medical professional that are destined to work there for such a period of time. Regardless whether it's an off season or peak season, they stay there for about a year. So mm -hmm. I, it's just the flexibility of having from short term to long term rental that makes it the benefit of a furnished rental. Okay, so really, you're flexible with your properties. It doesn't really matter to you whether it's a short term or mid term or long term furnished rental. It really is dependent on the on the situation at the time. Yes, exactly. And also the one that we just recently acquired with partners in Kissimmee, Florida, that is close to Disney. So depending on the location where you are in Kissimmee, they are permitted for a short-term rental, meaning from day one to seven days. Mm. But there are some areas in Kissimmee that they only permit minimum of one week, one week and then and so on. So wow. that would also depend on the location where the short-term yeah. rental is permitted. Because I've, I've inter interviewed a few people that got caught with that kind of a situation where they purchased a property in cottage country somewhere in, in Ontario, and they purchased it. It was already a short-term rental, and that's how they're operating it. It was great. And then the municipality changed the rules and stopped allowing short-term rentals in that community and poof overnight that changed things um so that 
that could be a solution there. You could turn, if, if you have to, you could turn that from a short-term rental to perhaps a mid-term rental if that's permitted in the, in the municipality. Have you seen that happen before? Yeah. So that happened to my one of my condo mm. um, in uh, Calgary, where initially we ran as a short-term rental and suddenly the property management or the condo board in place said is stop um like doing what you're doing right now so we shipped it to a big-term rental and then marketing plays an important role on how yeah. you can position and then make sure that you have enough money to mitigate the low season um i was fortunate enough because like based on my experience because strategically all the strategies are the same it's just a matter of applying it to the different locations of your property. I always look for the three basic fundamentals, just like long-term rental. I look for infrastructure, that's the first one, population, and job creation. So the reason why I went and bought properties in Calgary, because a lot of like Ontario people are moving to Calgary based on the U-Hole survey. And at the same time, I see the migration coming from other countries going to Calgary and Edmonton because for the reason is affordability. Right now, they said, when I was start investing in Calgary, they said that there's a lot of naysayers that don't invest there because it's unstable, the gas and oil are down, you will lose money because most of the houses are depreciated. Uh, the value. And it's that's the reason only Ontario people are buying at that time in Calgary because they haven't received their equity that much while Ontario was constantly like increasing their equity. But as the years goes by way back 2019, I've seen the growth really like, you know, at the time when I was buying, I can always negotiate for the price, the terms I can pay like, you know, in three months. But right now, when I start negotiate, negotiating with the price, the terms, they won't give me because there's a, a lot of people looking for a property right now. So if you ask me, is it still a time to buy in Calgary? I guess for me, it's too late. So I move on to the next market. So is that why you're starting to look down in the States as well? Yes, exactly. That's what I realized. There's just so many. Everything in U.S. is so big. Everything is big. Like when you have a portfolio here of 100 doors, like when you go to the States, they said like 100 doors is nothing because they own thousands of doors. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just so times, big. It's a lot 10 of times the market, 10 times the population, 10 times the opportunities down there. Jenny, how do you, um, how do you manage all of these properties from a distance they're all over the place uh different cities different provinces different countries you know especially with its short-term rental there's a lot of customer service involved a lot of cleaning managing teams that sort of thing you must have some pretty good systems in place yeah, because my background back home i'm a pharmacist by profession but at the same time um, my line of work there is market research and product research. Oh, yeah. So that applies here. It's only a different product there. It's more of a product. And here it's this more, one's more services. But yeah. yeah, but principles are the same. Like I think if I would say my strength is finding my niche and moving on quickly to the next market. So again, how do you manage all of these properties from all sorts of different areas? So I, the number one thing that I learned is who, not how. Mm -hmm. 
So initially when I was just starting, because I don't have the capability to spend more on hiring people and finding the right thing for my uh, properties, I do it all myself. But it's also a good background to learn to learn all those things. So when you start hiring people and um, man managing by other people, you have set an expectations with them. So you know what to teach and at the same time, you know what to look very good. So Jenny, la one last question as we wrap things up. You have scaled your real estate portfolio very impressively in a relatively short period of time. You mentioned earlier on that when you first bought that very first rental and you had the tenant who stopped paying rent, you're like, ah, how do I get some help? Nobody, you you didn't know any other real estate investors. Uh, then you got connected with a group. So over the, over the last five, six years, you've you've bought a lot of property. Do you and your husband have very, very deep pockets? Uh, you probably do now, but when you first got started, how did you finance all of these properties? Did you start working with partners, joint venture partners, raise capital? What did you guys do for that? Yeah, the very first uh, property that we bought, we earned it through our HILA. Mm -hmm. So that's home equity line of credit. That's where we able to buy the property. Yeah. And then after that is like we realized when we went to the bank on the third property, they said like, you know, we cannot provide you mortgage because you're at risk. You have uh, three mortgages already. We cannot finance you. That's where I start to um talk to people, talk to my friends if they're willing to partner with me. So my very first partner was the property that we bought in Niagara. And then after that, um, my prop, my I have a business partner as well on the fifth first multifamily that I have in Windsor, which is a 15 doors, and so on. As I go buy properties, I tag along my friends, uh, my relatives and colleagues to partner with me. Initially, they are my private lenders, but yeah. eventually, after that, they wanted to partner on all my deals that I have right now up to this date. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Jenny, congratulations. You've done some amazing things. If people want to connect with you, what should they do? Oh, they can just simply find me at my Facebook page called Jenny, Gata Jenny Gagatiga. And I'm always active on my Facebook. They can message me if they have inquiry or they can reach out for any potential deals that they can bring. I'm also open for partnership if they have a deal or they bring in the money. I'm always open for that because for me, it's just an open collaboration where we can help people. They can help me. It's a win-win situation. Fantastic, Jenny. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you very much, Dave. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.